welcome to Buenta Vista episode number 68, the penultimate episode before we hit the filthy sex number and just pack it in. We just quit. Oh boy. We just stopped doing it. It's the only reason we were doing it. It is, just for this one number. Uh, I don't want to get needlessly pedantic here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Theo, back me up on this. Mm, I probably, we'll see how you go. The penultimate episode before Mm -hmm. we get to 69... Oh, oh is it? no, uh, yeah, mm, um, Andrew, I'm, I am going to have to that's right. go that's with Ben right. here and say you, you have fucked up. I think we're actually at the ultimate episode before 69, hmm. the penultimate that's, episode that's of the 69th. But, if, but if, if we end on episode 69, then this one is the penultimate episode. Yeah, but it's not yes, the penultimate episode. It's the penultimate episode. Also, it's before the 69th episode. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Thank well, good. you. Thank you for understanding what I was saying, but choosing to uh, bring things to a screeching halt. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure you had <laughs> somewhere great planned to go with this intro, so feel free to continue. Nope. I'm Andrew. <laughs> I'm here with my pedantic friend Ben. Hey, buddy. Hey, mate. Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I've been doing some light drinking all day, as I oh. want to do on a Thursday, uh, and I'm feeling pretty good. Hmm. That's good. Uh, I've I've been uh, doing my drinking at an advanced rate since I got home from work, so I need to catch up to Queensland time. Currently, still on the same time. Same time. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> until uh, next week, which I'm very Sunday. excited about. Oh, is that when it is? Oh. Yeah. God, what an awful time. <laughs> what daylight savings? <laughs> which is that what we're which about? Is, is terrible? What, what's awful? What? How you, is it awful? Just uh, all this. Putting on airs about being... You're just lying to yourselves. Who's lying about what? <laughs> <laughs> so this is Theo, and he's got some feelings about daylight savings. Hey. Go for it, Theo. Oh, oh the famous daylight savings rant. God. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> Almost and, as and good as the And we just over brand. here, and we just sort of... We kind of... We're very modest about the whole thing, I think. We're just going to go, nope, the time is the time. Oh, so you're saying that here in humble Queensland, we don't claim dominion... Over the procession of time or the rotation of the, well, the I mean, Earth. So, I mean, yeah, of course, in some regard we do because time is a construct, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's all very boring. But I'd, I'd say we that kind of choose one and we stick with it. The day-night cycle is probably not a construct. No, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we're also joined by Lucy. Hi, Lucy. Hi. I'm a big fan of daylight savings. Just I actually, I love daylight savings as well. I'm against Theo on this one. It's an extra hour of daylight. You get out of, of work and you go to the beach and you surf for four hours. That's right. Yeah. Love to surf. Disgusting. Love to hit ten on a wave. Yes, I too love to. <laughs> I love to hang ten. Some people say yep. to me, you ever thought about hanging eight, maybe even nine? And I say, fuck that. Absolutely not. I only ever hang ten. A minimum of ten. While wearing a tie, because you've just come from a very important marketing meeting. That's right. (laughs) Straight out the door, into the surf. He's the real chairman of the board. Oh, are we we back to Carrot Top? Are we back Uh, to Carrot Top? (laughs) Another another episode where Carrot Top comes up. I'm hoping to make this uh, every single goddamn episode from now on. Please, he's on a he's on a surfboard on the cover of. On the poster for chairman of the board, isn't he? And he's also wearing a tie. If I oh my god, maybe oh. Oh, hang on. And board shorts, maybe, at the same time? Let's, let's all search this simultaneously. Oh, it's in my search history. Game <laughs> of the board poster. Uh, he is. He is wearing a certainly, yep. board shorts. There we go. Well, there we go, folks. We've, uh, <laughs> we've somehow managed to make our way from just joking about surfing to accidentally conjuring a very precise image of prop comic Carrot Top. It's daylight savings. Everyone is going to cosplay... That's what yes. everybody in Sydney is going to look like in one week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, dear. Uh, for those of you who have, for some obscene reason, pulled up the post yourself, uh, Theo is one of the two befuddled elderly gentlemen at either side of the poster. Uh, I think the one on the left raising up his I hands so. in anguish, not uh, M. Emmett Walsh on the right there. Hmm. Uh, and the one on the surfboard is friend of the show, Michael Beveridge. Oh, he's looking great. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Hey, speaking of the surf being up, Lucy, where did you just get back from? Uh, Hawaii. 
Hawaii. That was good, actually. I had to had to take that one in. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what what took you to Hawaii? Oh, we don't need to talk about that. That's that's boring. That's uh, Look, disgusting. I feel like we could talk about it a little. Who was getting kissed by who? That could be anyone. <laughs> on who was on top? Who was the girl? Was he the yeah. girl? You know. Mm-hmm. Wait, mm-hmm. Let's not talk about that. My boyfriend okay. lives there. Yep. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm given to understanding that while you were over there, you witnessed a bit of conservative tomfoolery. Some japes, if you will. Oh, it was fantastic. When I was over there, uh, Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens, um, TP USA, which, what's TP USA? Is it Turning Point USA? It is Toilet, toilet paper, paper USA. USA. Toilet, toilet Paper, paper USA. Yep. yep, Toilet Paper USA. We're doing... Got em. Got them. Got they ass. For the first time. Well, the irony, <laughs> of course, being that you don't need toilet paper when you're wearing a diaper. When you're wearing That's a big right. nappy. Mm. Famous diaper wearers were doing some kind of campus tour at the University of Hawaii. Uh, so I thought I'd go check it out. Go have a browse of the, the big crowd, which was uh, one small auditorium, which was almost completely full of people with grey hair. <laughs> so I feel sure. like the millennial recruitment uh, going well. Yep. So I got to see Charlie Kirk in the flesh. He's very tall, actually. Wasn't expecting him to be so tall. Oh, he has the sort of the breadth, uh, the facial breadth of a shorter man. He does. He looks like he should be like a Ben Shapiro type, like yeah. very short. But he's very tall. It's very oh. off-putting. Um, I'm not actually sure what their whole purpose was. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I just like stood outside and watched who was there, which was a bunch of dudes in uh, Maga hats. And one guy who was wearing like a three-piece suit, which is hilarious because it's insanely, it's not super hot in Hawaii, but it's so humid. If you're wearing anything more than a t-shirt and shorts, you just get to feel like shit constantly. Uh. So this guy was in this like three-piece tan suit, which had like huge sweat patches under his arms. Awesome. He was just like pacing back and forth in his sunglasses. I think he thought he looked uh, very cool. I assume he was one of Charlie's entourage. It's very oh. weird that whole um that whole like it's like the uh the 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 pictures of that proud boy doing the rounds recently wearing the fucking top hat with like the big curly mm-hmm. mustache and shit. I just I don't understand that whole thing. It's very similar to me to like um when you see people in their teens or early twenties who are like, you know, uh, big into anime and wearing a suit like, jacket? Yeah, like a suit jacket or a fedora or like a leather trench coat or whatever kind of Matrix type shit. And it's very clearly done with the intention of, of kind of, um, you know, projecting or broadcasting some air of being an adult. And it does not work at all. It mm. absolutely makes you look like a child doing dress ups. Yep. Does and not it's work. It's very funny when it's incredibly hot outside and you're just so dedicated <laughs> to your. Uh chad whatever it is kind of look loved it your chad cosplay your chad cosplay yeah so they did this little thing in the like campus courtyard where they let people ask them questions because they're open for debate obviously <laughs> and they had a big sign that said white privilege is a myth um convince me what's the thing convince me otherwise change uh, my mind change my mind yeah. why did, why could i not think of the phrase change my mind <laughs> Yes, they had that. So they're having people coming up and explaining that, hmm, maybe I'm a black person and these are the reasons that white privilege exists. And they were having a little debate with them. Um, then one guy came up and because Charlie was saying that uh, feelings shouldn't impact public policy. So this guy came up and started talking about uh, God and how Charlie's feelings that God exists shouldn't impact public policy. <laughs> which made them very upset and eventually they basically had their guys in three-piece suits their Margo guys like taking this guy away from the microphone which was just interesting you know mm. just manhandling away censoring yeah. him censoring, censoring his, him his yeah, ideas. basically as soon as he started saying that charlie was like you're done you're done you're being disrespectful you're done it's like cool cool great job Love it. guys great, great job. job with the uh, open debate I feel like Candace Owen... Is it Owen or Owens? I Owen? don't know. Hmm. Owen? Uh, Maybe it's Owen. Owen. I think it's Owen. Um, I feel like she has come really strong out of the gate 
for like I feel like she has really just Owens. Le- Sorry, Owens? apparently yeah. Candace Owens. She's really leapfrogged the pack um, when it comes to like smuggest conservative. I, I oh, know yeah. that like I know that it's a whole it's a whole thing with that scene to just come off as smug as possible. Um, but she's a black conservative. That's like a whole other level of smug that you can get into. It's a weird, it's a weird gig. It's a weird it's very gig. Strange. A black um, woman conservative. Love it. Love yeah. it. I'm pretty but, sure, right. like, for every uh, minority, minority category you occupy that is adversely affected by conservative beliefs, your pay from conservatives goes up by a zero. Like, they add one yeah. to the end. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, like, I think, that, like, Ben Shapiro gets that because he's Jewish. Yeah. He gets, he gets a little notch up there. But, yeah, I mean, like, your, your basic Christian white guy, they're a dime a dozen in the old conservative movement. But mm. as you said, Ben, is... Oh, oh, I was listening to something the other day. Is Charlie Kirk gay? I think Charlie well, Kirk no. is gay. Is he? I think uh, so. I, well, I don't know. I just kind of thought of him... Is that a statement? Reproducing... Uh, by mitosis. Uh, <laughs> I think I was listening to a Chapo Trap House episode where they were reading. I mean, they could have just been using they were just gay as an gay? insult. <laughs> no, they were they were reading um, from a piece which I think was his about dating as a conservative, and um, and I think it was a Charlie Kirk piece where he was talking about dating somebody and having them say, mm, "But conservatives." hate us gay people okay it's definitely saying, not charlie kirk i'm just looking it's somebody okay. else i wonder who it was then i thought so he's it's very not, religious so i doubt it got confused with yeah log cabin republicans it's all very strange it's all very strange uh so that must have been a fun experience for you lucy it was quite enjoyable to watch mostly just because of how like they clearly expected it was going to be this big thing and there was going to be angry leftists. Like, they were waiting for a fight type thing and it was just, like, a hundred people, people there that were really just there to see Charlie. They weren't even students. God. Well, that's because um, conservatism is censored on campus. That's right. They were being censored by having their views held in an auditorium and then in the middle of yep. the campus courtyard with a loudspeaker. I was just seeing a uh, seeing a thing about Barry Barry Weiss's new book about what are we going to do about the culture of censorship and censoriousness and oh, boy. like you, you write for the fucking New York Times and also you you're writing a whole book about this. Mm. I can see how you're being censored once again by the intolerant left. The intolerant left. That's right. Speaking of the old god botherers, the old happy clappers. Mm. I got to say. I do love that phrase. <laughs> What's a happy phrase, clapper? Happy clappers. Um, well, picture, if you will, um, evangelical people happily clapping uh, along to songs in church. It's nice. It's a nice image. Yep. Uh, we've got our, our temporary Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Because let's all face it. No one really We're giving him a go. Yeah. Hmm. We're trying him out. It's like one of those... Uh, the mattresses that we don't sell on this podcast, but every other podcast does. Uh, you get a 90-day trial with them. You send and them you back. get to give him back. Yep. You give him back so, to... You fold him up in the box. <laughs> you roll him uh, into the size of a, an easily transportable parcel. Duct tape on top. Yep. Free shipping label. Actually, look, I don't want to go down a weird tangent that doesn't relate to what Andrew brought up. But oh, please do. How do you send those mattresses back? Because it's my belief that they're kind of, they're vacuum sealed and then squashed. They in pop a, out, yeah. Yeah, like it's, I can't imagine you'd be able to fit that. Do you just call the guy and then the guy comes <laughs> let, around let and me, guilt trips you for not buying it? Let me put it to you like this, Ben. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. They, oh, you can, you can just send it back. You can just send in it the back. Box and then you try in. to send it back. <laughs> and you and can't. You, can't. <laughs> you absolutely yeah, like it's, can't It's free postage. It to return it if you can get it back in the box and then everyone dies trying to put it back in the box yeah you just you're just there covered in bruises lathered in sweat you think you've got it your lounge room it's sprung back open flinging you into the wall shattering your spine (laughs) and then they get to keep your mattress cash (laughs) that's it 
That is how they get you. <sighs> Can I also just stop Andrew from continuing <laughs> yep. on with this thing? Please do. Please do. <laughs> My doctor prescribed me an antidepressant mm-hmm. because I can't sleep very well, and I've just been Googling it for like what else it's used for and its side effects, or whatever. Apparently, it's a fantastic IBS treatment. Wow. Oh. Which is great. Fantastic side effect. But I'm just reading through these reviews. I just need to say the sentence out loud to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I had IBS so bad, I was living on eight Imodium a day just to be able to function. God damn. It's oh, brutal. <laughs> you guys taken an Imodium? The diarrhea medicine before? Uh, yeah. I, yeah. You know, yeah, if you take one, medicine or anti-diarrhea medicine? anti-diarrhea medicine. It's anti-diarrhea. It's not pro-diarrhea. <laughs> it's, it's like it's <laughs> it's like a diarrhea. <laughs> no, it's um, it's like a it's like a butt coagulant, you know. Oh. Exactly. Well, but if, if anything, it's one. a poop coagulant. <laughs> <laughs> the butt stays. You know where the poop comes from. You know where the poop comes from. Um, the, it is generated I'm just by taking, the butt. It is. <laughs> How could you but take yeah, Imodium? Well, Imodium. if your body's you producing the- anti-Imodium, <laughs> <laughs> when you take one Imodium, that's like you're not you're not going for like two days. But like in my experience, yeah. man, eight Imodium a day. That's a, that's it's expensive. Like a corking man. gun. <laughs> yeah, eight eight Imodium, and it would eventually be sliding out like a Mars bar. You know? <laughs> when I uh, Completely before I went brick. to India, the travel doctor was like. You know, gave me like a million different fucking tablets, but was like, uh, here's some Imodium as well. It's not going to make you feel better, but at least you'll be able to leave the hotel. <laughs> mm. Sweet. It just blocks it all up in there. It just packs oh, it in. That's, oh, oh, oh. Oh, I hope oh. at least one person is eating while listening to this episode. <laughs> well, look, you've got all one, this storage space. Are you going to waste it? One, one person... <laughs> At least one person's trying to, like, drink a big coffee first thing in the morning. Oh, just, like, slamming down a breaker iced coffee. (laughs) A little bit lumpy as well. There's some milk solids in there. Oh, boy. Mm. Mm. Anyways, I'm glad this person's Adamodium habit's been helped by this. That just can't be good for your body, hey? Like, (laughs) it's... What's it doing? It's basically giving your butthole rigor mortis. That's Mm. my understanding. (laughs) It's pre-killing your butthole. It's closed up. It's just completely closed. <laughs> it's Snoop. fucking Neo's like mouth being from the Matrix. I was thinking of Neo's mouth in the Matrix too. Oh, <laughs> completely smoothed over. What use is a butthole if you cannot? <laughs> cannot shit. <laughs> oh, Mr. Anderson. Oh, Hugo Weaving. What a national treasure. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, you could uh, Scott Morrison? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, the Matrix. <laughs> what a... No, I, I don't know how to get back from there. Um, well, I'm glad you tried. Well, hey, was, yo. Hey. Oh, speaking of buttholes. Uh, so, work, work experience <laughs> Prime Minister Scott Morrison... <laughs> So a, a video has come out. So he's a he's a big time he's a big time religion head. This guy, big That's what we call him, <laughs> big into God. He's a big big fan of of the big man upstairs, basically. <laughs> big, sorry, big person, big person upstairs. So a video came out from Melbourne this week. This is from the Financial Review. Uh, a video from a Pentecostal church in Melbourne shows Scott Morrison praying for victims of the Sulawesi earthquake and drought-affected farmers in Australia. Uh, The video shared across social media this week offers a rare insight into the Prime Minister's personal faith. I don't think it's that rare. Won't shut the fuck up about it. (coughs) Recorded by a worshipper at the Planet Shakers Church in Melbourne. Hmm. It's a church slash gym. Oh, stop dropping the weights while they're doing the, <laughs> doing the sermon. Uh, uh, <laughs> Planet Shakers. That's a that's a very presumptuous name to me. That's some like Scientology level shit of mm. like watch us watch us change the world. Uh, to uh, me, Planet Shakers sounds like a nineteen fifties diner where all the women are on roller skates and the only thing they have <laughs> is shaker fries. Yeah, really does fair. milk milkshakes as well, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. <clears throat> the video shows Mr. Morrison calling on God to support Indonesia's President Joko Widodo 
in the wake of the devastating earthquake which has killed more than 1,300 people. Uh, and, you know, it goes on to quote him. There's a video, a video of him doing his doing his prayers. Uh, says, uh, amid clapping and cheers from the congregation, Mr. Morrison then asked to pray for Australian farmers. Lord, we pray for our rural communities, our indigenous communities. Lord, we pray that you'll bring light, that you'll bring hope, that you'll bring encouragement. And Lord that you will bring rain. I feel like you're adding more razzmatazz to yeah, it than really he would have done it with. Uh, he's probably not much of a razzmatazzer. Uh, members of the congregation then prayed for Mr. Morrison and his family. It's like a bit of a conflict of interest there, but um, okay. Uh, <laughs> get to get your own prayers while you're there. Jeez. I'm just throwing prayers around. He's double dipping. Uh... Planet Shakers has five churches and as many as 15,000 regular parishioners. Uh, so he is Australia's first Pentecostal Prime Minister. Mr. Morrison is known to be a devout Christian, but has kept his religion separate from his political career, other than all the times that he's fucking talking about it. So um, so I was kind of curious about what what you guys thought of this in the context of how it's kind of framed and presented as a news story. Because, like, obviously, on one hand, we live in a secular society. Everyone's got a right to, you know, worship how they want in private and everything. But also, it's it's weird to be like, dear God, help out our our ally, Indonesian President Joko Widodo. That's very strange. That's some weird shit. Yeah. I mean, like... I'm of the mind that it's fine. Like, the news stories will report on literally anything any PM does, and it's all performative. Like, I don't... I'm sure his beliefs are sincere, maybe, although I secretly believe all politicians are into weird sex cult magic and aren't actually into Mm. whatever they Mm. claim to be. But it's like, even if his beliefs are sincere, something like that is still used as a PR stunt, right? You know, for for him to say specifically, like, uh, we want relief for farmers in our indigenous communities and whatever, that's him trying to promote something, right? And he does it knowing that it's going to be under the public gaze. So, from that regard, I hate it just because everything, everything every single politician does all the time is completely hollow and bereft of any sincerity or meaning. Uh, and the media and the public and... All politicians all go along with this act, and it's so fucking infuriating and disheartening. Uh, other than that, like the, like the prayer breakfasts and shit like that, you know. What the fuck's a prayer breakfast? What is that? Well, the the shit they do where they they have the early morning things, and everybody comes along and goes to church together and shit. All the politicians before they front up at fucking parliament for the day. This is news to me. Well, and also even the fact that um. Even the fact that uh, well, the the you know at the start of at the start of every day they do the the prayer in Parliament in the Senate and shit. The fuck Very is that weird. all about, huh? Very weird oh, to yeah. me. Sh- yeah. Like yeah, it's I don't know. It's weird, but I, I don't care all that much. You know, I like I'm as I think it's as fucking weird as everything they do. It's the same when they like cover a PM going to a footy game. Or whatever, and it's invariably them supporting the team of their electorate that they only started supporting once they started campaigning for whatever. It's just as hollow, it's just as insincere, and it's just as trivial and not worth news story, but here we are. So this is fucking wild. So they so every year, yeah, they have a national prayer breakfast in Parliament House. Wow. Uh, usually in the Great Hall. Um, oh, it only costs $600 for a table mm. of 10. Cool. Um, but yeah, and then, and so, you know, both the Prime Minister and the Opposition Leader and all the Cabinet and Shadow Cabinet members go along and everybody pretends they believe in God. And <laughs> I, I <laughs> think, much. like, yeah, I don't know, like I said, I'm sort of, I'm sort of conflicted about the whole thing because, you know, like I said, Privately, do whatever the fuck you want. Um, but as many people point out about Scott Morrison, 
like where is the line like where's where's the point in which commenting about his religion is fair game in the sense that you know he is he is supposedly a devout adherent of a religion that teaches you know tolerance and love for your fellow man and everything um, but also was the architect and implementer of one of Australia's cruelest and most inhumane policies for people yeah. seeking help. I think that's the, that's the aspect. That's, that's the rub that's for a really, lot of people, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that, that like, well, in this, in this case, you know, you can be praying for, for rain or praying for, um, you know, assistance or, or for the uh, Indonesian people to get back on their feet and that sort of, sort of stuff. And, and you know, I think we, we talked about our last episode or well, episode before um, that, you know, he's certainly, he's like just the last in a long line of Christian prime ministers. So it's not, it's not new. And people will always, you know, express themselves through their belief systems or what have you. But to do that and then, um, you know, not put the action in to actually make it happen like you don't have to pray anymore you you're the guy that makes it happen um you know if you want to um you know make sure that there's a ongoing kind of uh, environment that's that's stable and and you know uh copacetic for for farming and all that sort of stuff maybe don't get up in parliament and fucking wave a piece of coal around going this is your friend right like like there are material things that you can put into action to to um stop the weather from continually getting more and more fucked up um so to, to kind of um not not have the actions in place to do this and then just put the most kind of like performative kind of effort in to say that you're caring about it is is the bullshit part and you really get into the the thoughts and prayers sort of um tone that kind of dominates you know american politics and that sort of thing where it's like you know 400 children are mowing down with a minigun and it's thoughts and prayers not banning miniguns in schools mm. mm-hmm. yeah you know you beat me to it as far as the this is the perfect encapsulation of the thoughts and prayers deal which is while being in a position to actually influence some of this stuff you don't do yeah. any of that you're, you're literally the guy that can fucking change this stuff not not a tsunami hitting but you can uh, you know, stop cutting the fucking foreign aid budget for yeah. one second. Like, yeah. that's a thing you can do. Yeah, but he's also, he's, he said some nice stuff in church. Sh- yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but also, I mean, like, I don't know if it's sort of worth... Like, I, I, don't, I don't know whether the different denomination is worth commenting on as well, because, I mean, like, you know, Tony Abbott's a devout catholic but he's also someone where it it seemed like his his faith was entirely just a fucking instrument of defending particular actions but then ignoring it at the times that it didn't really suit whatever he was trying to do you know so very much the same sort of thing i guess like uh, i would say to to my understanding of that kind of real evangelical Pentecostal Hillsong kind of thing. Much more of the sort of new wave megachurch kind of deal. That my understanding of all of that stuff is much less kind of like you have to follow all the very specific rules of the church and all the old rituals like Catholicism in order to get to heaven or whatever. And it's much more like, well, you make sure that you give us plenty of money and uh, grease the wheels with God. And if things don't go well for you, it's probably because you didn't pray hard enough or chip in enough money. So just sort that out and you're all good. Um, which at its essence is, is I think, like much more of a, like at, at, as, a, as a sort of denomination of religion, it's much more kind of looking out for number one at its core. It's much more kind of, what can God do for you, you know? <laughs> Which is like to me is kind of an alarming thing to have a very very devout person in that particular vein running the show. Can I just do a, a little brief interruption here? Sure. Uh, 
I don't believe that was being picked up by my microphone, and I suspect it might oh be Theo. Oh my god, these fucking plovers! We have a nature corner. I thought I heard plovers. Holy shit! So, um, I know well, that you, horrible you do sound corner. anywhere. You do nature corner because I've just realised I need a need a bottle opener. I'll be right back. Ooh, okay. oh. So, keen wow. keen listeners um, may remember the episode we did. Um, with Danny Bowles. I hope I'm saying that right. Well, you're not, but go on. God damn it. Um, <laughs> fucking plover. Anyway, um, so I live uh, with a school behind me, uh, and it's currently school holidays, and uh, so plovers have nested in the field, and if you're an American listener, um, you may not know. Uh, your, your plovers are these little finch things that are very cute, um, ours are horrible murder birds They're with awful. festering spikes under their um, <clears throat> under their cloaks, mm. um, and they set up right in the middle of the field behind uh, behind the school. And I cannot wait. I, this is the one time I'm um, just waiting for school holidays to end, so all the kids can just get <laughs> nailed <laughs> get in the head with up. these plovers, but they just slowly lose more and more territory. You know, it's a war of attrition. There's more like, So good. I remember when I was a kid, we used to play, like, plover chicken. Like, yeah. in groups of us, we'd, like, plover one of us would chicken. have to go as, as, like, close to the plover, <laughs> plover trees chicken. as we could, and then they'd start swooping. You have to run away from them. <laughs> I got swooped by one when I was maybe 10 years old and ended up, like, on a beach crying face down in the sand because I didn't think I could go anywhere. <laughs> Uh, and now, anytime I hear the noise, I'm just like, fuck! Well, I have my, my kids' kid, uh, my, my sister's kids here. Um, like, last uh, last weekend, we played went played. You mean your, um, your beloved nephews and nieces? Is that what you mean? My, my beloved nephews and nieces, I believe that is a technical term. Um, sister's kids. <laughs> sister's kids. I don't... Oh God. It did sound kind of dispassionate. I wasn't going to say something about it, but look, it was a bit sort of clinical. Wordsman. My distant relatives. Look... Um, my cousin seniors nibblings. Um, <laughs> there, there is a term for this, isn't there? The the collective term for nieces and nephews. Oh, I would love to know nibblings. What that is. I I'd like it's one of those words that people have made up to fill the purpose, not like an old school one. Yeah, it means niece or nephew nibbling. And we went out what? on the field to play some baseball. <laughs> uh, and I gave it a good whack, and they kind of w- ran like halfway down the field, and then just stopped. And I'm like, yeah. "No, no, it's fine. Just, just go." Um, and then they got swooped, but they've got to oh. learn at some point, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like number one, they don't actually hit you if you don't run. Yes. you just walk confidently like a like a Which seven year old. You've I never done in your seven. entire life. <sighs> Well, this uh, th- this story reminds me of of one of my favorite traumatic memories, which is uh, I, we went over to somebody's house. I don't know who the fuck's house this was because I sure as shit never went back. Um, it, it was like a, a friend of the family or a friend of my parents or something, and we went over to these people's house. I had not been there before, but their kids were out the front and they were playing with their dog, a big beautiful golden retriever. And they were throwing the ball for it uh, out into the front yard and onto the road. And the dog was running out and grabbing it and coming back. And uh, so my parents started talking to their parents and then they were like, okay, you guys happy to play out here? And then they went inside. And one of these kids gave the ball to me and said, you throw it. And I threw the ball and the dog ran for it out into the street and was immediately struck by a car in front of all of us. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Just fucking nailed by this car. And <laughs> you've, I, I tell you, you you think that you've felt awkward at a stranger's house, you know? You've like you've spilled a drink or broken a glass or something, and been like, "Oh, I don't even know anybody here." Well, wait until you've um, had their beloved golden retriever moan down in front of their children uh, on the very first throw of the ball, too. It wasn't like we'd been doing it for a while. Oh, oh my god. Oh so um Jesus. that's a lot. So Christ. parents came out. Parents came out to all the crying and um scooped up this dog with its bleeding head. I think the dog was fine. I think the dog was fine. I think it just kinda got clipped and, <sighs> and had a cut in the head or whatever. It wasn't like smooshed in front of all the kids or anything. Um and we went home. Just. Because obviously they had some stuff to deal with. Uh I hope you're listening to this on your Monday morning commute. You've dragged yourself out of bed. Uh, you've put your shoes on. 
Uh, you're, you're in the mood for a little it. comedy. You're there in the you mood go. for some fun. There's a fucking... Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> about uh, this show. <laughs> Not for the first time. But uh, anyway, so that's that's what comes to mind when I think of uh, Theo sacrificing his nibblings to the, to the plovers. Oh. You know? Cool. Yeah, so, so we've got a weird, weird Jesus freak for a prime minister now, but it probably won't be like that for very long. So, you know, don't really have to worry about it. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Don't put too much thought into it. Uh, this uh, is a, a big sidebar. And honestly, it's probably terrible practice to bring up a joke from another podcast on your podcast. But I was losing it when he said that he's a big fan of the big man. Because uh, on one of the later episodes of I, a dude, they mm-hmm. make reference to someone on a TV show saying fist bump to the big man. And the other one just immediately goes, Shaq? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who, upstairs, Shaq, who lives above me. <laughs> yeah, Shaq, who's uh, in the apartment above mine. Uh, you can hear his footsteps whenever he does anything. You would absolutely be able to hear that. Oh. I remember in the 90s when all anybody wanted to talk about was Shaq's shoe size. And what size is that? Oh, like 20 million. <laughs> um, just, just gigantic. <laughs> they were like those... Um, <laughs> You know, they'd have like cardboard cutouts of, of real life sized shack and and uh, a thing of the actual size of his shoe that you could look at. It's wild stuff. Wild stuff. Anyway, I've got a. Wait, where was that? In like the Smithsonian or. <laughs> no, just all over the place in shopping centers, <laughs> okay. uh, grocery stores, petrol stations, Go schools, on. libraries. <laughs> Hospitals, churches. Churches, definitely churches. You'd go in and they'd say, Look at this miracle of a man. <laughs> we know the creator God is real. Because this motherfucker's feet are huge. Look at what God has built for you, this marvel of a man, and the star of the film Blue Chips, also featuring Nick Nolte. Shaquille O'Neal. What a man. Mm. A beautiful, what gigantic a man. man. I still need to get around to watching the movie he was in, the uh, the superhero movie, Steel. Oh, fuck. I, hmm. That comes up as a pre-movie trailer on so many of my tapes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly. There are like a couple of movies that are massively overrepresented in the tapes that I have for some reason. And it's basically <laughs> that and this bizarre Australian drama film called I Live With Me Dad. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> now, I am not making that up. Can we go around? Can we just do a little round here of um, everybody doing a delivery of that title? I will start. I'll live with me dad. That's Theo? actually qu- quite close. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. what, what is this movie? So I'll live with me dad. I live with me dad. <laughs> go on, Theo. I'll live with my dad. Oh, you clearly said my dad. Fuck. You just don't have that street urchin <laughs> quality about you. That, that's true. Oh, my God. Oh, oh wow. God. This is... All right, so this is the synopsis of the movie on the Wikipedia page. It was slightly out of the tone of your regular Wikipedia article. I Live With Me Dad is a 1985 TV movie produced by Crawford's Australia. The film is about six-year-old Crispy, who lives with his destitute <laughs> father, Sid. Based on a true story, it follows the street adventures of a father and son and his unconventional upbringing, a heartwarming film that explores the extraordinary bond between a father and his son amidst exactly. the pressures and emotions of those who would want to separate them. It's just Curly Sue. It's just exactly it's what just, that title told me it would be about. It's 100%. Like, <laughs> That's the plot to Spawn, I think. <laughs> George and I have watched this movie. Uh, I mean, we've like, seen this trailer like 50 times now and every time it seems like a joke because it's just like a grubby street urchin's face and then a really really Australian voiceover artist going I live with me dad <laughs> I live with me dad <laughs> oh. oh god the production section of the Wikipedia article is just it was based on a true story oh that was wow the, um, what was the I, I don't even know if they do it anymore I feel like you know how there's like BAFTA awards Mm. And there's Aria Awards and stuff. Was there an Australian movie award? Uh, the Barrys, I think. Really? No. No. 
the There's Bazzas. definitely some kind of award, right? The Barry is the comedy award Bazza. named after the uh, transphobe. Oh, oh good. Nice. Oh, great. Good is it stuff. the AFI Awards, Australian Film Institute? Yeah, no, is that, that, a sounds, thing? that sounds good. I thought that was the American real. Film Institute. Oh, maybe I've just made that no, up. No, no, no. Oh, I could be very wrong. Hmm. We are hmm. off track here, folks. Very oh, off track. Oh, there's, there's, What's this show about? Oh, hang on. Uh, the Australian a, uh, Academy of Cinema and Television Arts Awards. Oh, it's the actors. Oh, actors. Oh, I mm. get it. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and the awards are presented Actor. annually by the AFI. Ben. Well, there is also an American Film Institute, so there are two AFIs. <laughs> Well, we're allowed to have three our if own you count thing. The three. We I are don't. not counting the band. <laughs> we're not counting the band. <laughs> presented by AFI. <laughs> Just presented by AFI. Every award. Davey yep. Havoc's up there. Yep. Anytime you say that, Theo, I'm immediately imagining you with the Davey Havoc hair <laughs> from that era. I did not know the name of the singer from AFI. I clearly did. <laughs> <laughs> Very clearly. <laughs> Very clearly. It was not even a beat before you came in with that. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Speaking of music, speaking of music okay. festivals, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, you like that, Ben? Yeah. Um, I I saw a story in the news the other day that was not about music or music festivals. Um, it was about a a guy from an Australian council, like a local council, who had uh, was getting into trouble for inappropriate discretionary spending. Usage of taxpayer funding, and he'd been using it for stuff like just buying himself a barbecue and like slaps <laughs> beer <laughs> stuff. And I was like, "Is that a crime?" Yeah. Well, um, I I remember my thought, my main thought being when I um when I looked at the list of things he had bought, my main thought was just, "Well, come on, you can't do that. Like, it's pretty it's pretty obvious you can't just go down to barbecues galore and hook yourself up with a four burner." Um, and just say, ah, oh, put it on, put it on my expenses card. Well, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did he do exactly that? Probably. Then well, it seems like you can. <laughs> well, until now, when he has been found out for it, and I thought to myself, that's pretty ballsy. Uh, that's pretty out there. But it turns out somebody has one-upped him this week with his story brought to us by abc.net.au, that embattled taxpayer-funded organisation we all love so much. Uh, with the headline, Queensland bureaucrats spend $27,000 to attend Burning Man Festival to look for, quote, ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love to look love for that. an idea. All right. Well, I think it's very important to note that this is not strictly an abuse of expenses. This is something that the department did on purpose, which is fucking insane. Well, I mean, look, obviously, in Australian politics particularly, uh, this is a very, very recurrent theme around spending great sums of taxpayer money on, like, uh, what do they normally call it? Fact-finding. Innovation. Missions. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. Where it's, yeah, it's always like, yeah, somebody from the office of fucking education or something just, like, Goes on a 10-city tour of Europe. <laughs> goes and stays <laughs> in all these resorts. And is like... For ideas. Yeah. I had a 15-minute meeting with someone at a university in each of those towns, you know. Yeah. Uh, and this seems to fall very squarely into that basket. Two tourism and events Queensland executives have spent more than $20,000 of taxpayer money attending a wild festival in the US state of Nevada. Known sure. as Burning Man. <laughs> not going to respect them enough to say it properly. That's where Las Vegas, the city of sin, lives. Ah, I see. And I it's get also it. where Area 51 is. Well, or is it, it? Is it? It is. Is it, Ben? No, it, it, it is. <laughs> oh, I mean, did they, you see Area 51? I went there. Did you look at it from a great distance and then get scared and leave? I mean, I saw some signs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a crime to be scared of guns, okay? And men with them. <sighs> I thought you were going to say it's not a crime to be scared of aliens. And I was like, fair enough. <laughs> no, the aliens are welcome. I believe aliens to be friendly in nature. Uh, although I don't like that they've allied with the government. Mm, agree. Hmm. The nine-day festival, 
is held in the Black Rock Desert, designed for a community, quote, dedicated to radical self-reliance, end quote, where everyday constraints are thrown out the window. Everyday constraints like bathing. Underpants. They're talking about underpants. (laughs) Condoms. Constrained, yeah. (laughs) Newly released government figures show senior public servants attended last year on behalf of the Queensland government. What the fuck? Head of Group Executive Events at Tourism and Events Queensland, John Drummond Montgomery, and Head of Events Operations, Rebecca Mantle, spent a combined $20,060. Documents show the pair met... Like, that's a fucking party. Go get yourself some first-class flights over there. Jesus Christ. Rent your RV. For ideas. Just looking for ideas. Get yourself some sick ideas. Um, documents show the pair, quote, met with key international event partners and went to, quote, gain insights into current trends, ideas, themes, and logistics of a large-scale festival. Well, there's no possible way you could investigate any of that other than by going to Burning Man. Now, you can't email the founders. You have to go and watch, like, the CEO of Burbler, the app that (laughs) tells you when to burble. Uh, stumble around on fucking acid for seven days while sexually harassing a bunch of hippies from the Midwest. (laughs) Now, he couldn't have possibly just gone under his own steam because Mr. Drummond Montgomery, what a fucking name. That is, he's the bad guy from like an 80s college movie. Mm. I'm Dean Drummond Montgomery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't possibly have gone uh, just by himself, because he only earns a salary of three hundred and seventeen thousand dollars a year. Jesus Christ! So how the fuck are you meant Who to? Who is this guy? He is the head of group executive events at Tourism and Events Queensland. I'm gonna hit him. What? I'm gonna hit him in his face. My. He's goodness. not even like the fucking CEO of Queensland. The CEO of <laughs> Queensland. <laughs> And he makes $317,000 a year. He took at least three trips in the past financial year, including an $11,000 events mission to the US with Tourism Minister Kate Jones and a $45,000 trip to Thailand. Oh, boy. Wow. How the fuck do you spend $45,000 in Thailand? Yeah, what I mean, the fuck would you spend like that on? That's like a shit ton of cocktails. It's mm. so many cocktails. It's a lot of... That's all. Just cocktails. Just so many moped rentals, you know. $45,000 trip to Thailand with two other public servants for the annual Sport Accord conference. Ah. But you can't miss Sport Accord. Sport Accord. <laughs> Which we come together over the Accord of Sport. Deputy Opposition Leader Tim Mander slammed the cost of the Burning Man trip. Quote, most Queenslanders would find this obscene to spend almost $30,000 to attend a festival run by a private company with no tangible benefits for the state. Well, I mean, I got a hearty chuckle out of this. So, one tangible benefit. Which is? The hearty chuckle. That was the benefit that I got out of it. Oh. Oh. Sorry, it was very tangible to me. Okay. Um, a, A tech... That is um, TEQ, the Tourism and Events Queensland, which apparently has enough fucking money to pay this dude $317,000. Jesus Christ. A tech spokeswoman said the executives were researching for a similar festival they hoped would be launched in Outback Queensland. Fuck off. And what the fuck would the government have to do with it? That'd be so funny. Why would the (laughs) government... How many people go to Burning Man? Like a million like just tr- like i think i think this is what's doing my head in about this is the idea that there is, there are like well a that there aren't huge music festivals in australia that they could already go to and look just at how those get put constantly failing as well by the way yeah mm. falling over like dominoes yeah just re- regular sized festivals that can't make enough money oh we'd better go and look at the one with 600,000 people at it yeah yeah but what if it was desert. what if instead of music it was like a bunch of people raw dogging in a desert <laughs> <laughs> and someone oh. added me earlier this evening to be like actually there are quite a few burner events already in the outback uh, yeah, we know there's fucking Bushdoofs. Yeah, Bushdoofs. Like, 
This is not news. Jesus Christ. Uh, Burning Man is a benchmark event for large-scale festivals held in remote locations, she said. Two tech representatives went to examine aspects of the event delivery to inform an outback event concept we are currently developing. That included event logistics, safety, and communications. Like, to me, the idea that the Queensland government is going to put on a fucking gigantic drug mecca in the outback is <laughs> fucking moronic anyway. Oh, my God. One that they won't do pill testing at either. <laughs> That's right. Why would they? Why would they? Yeah, that was a whole uh, that was a whole bummer, wasn't it? That festival in uh, Penrith? Was it in Penrith? I'm not sure. Def- Defcon 1, I think it was called. I'm saying yeah, everything with a question none. mark at the inks. I'm not 100. Uh, it is, yeah, Defcon. Sure. Defcon dot one, I believe the name is styled as. I'm not. Oh, Defcon point one. Yeah. They're eventually going to work their way up to one. Uh, unless New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian gets her way, and she will ban that particular festival because that's probably the only one anyone was ever going to take drugs at. But yeah. Yeah, probably. So they, they had... Was it? It was like several deaths. It was two or three deaths and like fourteen overdoses or something at mm. this festival. And then they, and, uh, uh, to solve the problem, they got together a panel of non-experts. Uh, there's like one person from the government, one person who is a policeman, and one person who is maybe a festival organizer, I think. And then before the investigation into increasing drug safety at festivals even took place, the government said even if they find that pill testing is accurate, uh, like is the way to go and recommend it, the government will not endorse it or do it. Cool. Thanks for being a government. Mm-hmm. Love that leadership. Love that strong decision making. Yeah, uh, I think they've they've started trialing pill testing in the AB, ABC, the ACT. Um, so they they did it at a recent Australian. God damn it, ACT music festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess how many people died at that one? Was it zero? It was it was zero zero overdoses. Oh. Apparently, it's a thing that the uh, the police and paramedics call for and say um, hey it just makes our job a shitload easier because we know what the fuck is happening when something starts going wrong or whatever or people just don't fucking OD in the first place I saw quite a few journalists talking about this um, where, where they were saying like the main thing that all of these comments reflect is that we have people in positions of senior leadership um, in the government who just very genuinely do not know what pill testing is. Like, they very genuinely don't seem to understand the concept. Or they do, but they would rather see law and order and dead kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably about it. I mean, well, the whole... It's... I don't know. The entire thing is extremely weird in the same way that any kind of, you know, prohibition or, or war on drugs type shit is. It is stuff that we have seen over time again and again and again just does not work. People are going to engage in that kind of behavior. So the only thing you can really do is just try to help the people mitigate risk. And it's just the the absolutely absurd, steadfast refusal to do that that really does my head in. This idea that like if you were to make pill t- I like it's it's one of those like uh you know close but no cigar things where they go, oh well if we make pill testing available, we're basically saying to people it's all right to do these drugs and it's not even a crime. It's like well almost yeah almost almost there. Come on, get on board. But, uh, but you know, we're here in Australia. We can't even get on board with, like, you know, just letting people d- do weed and be left alone by the cops, you know? Mm. We'll get there. We'll get there one day. It, but it's, uh, it's generally pretty depressing to see, like, uh, America, the nation that's constantly engaged in, like, trying to ban a bunch of different races from existing also managed to have like half of their states have like legal recreational 
cannabis and shit now. States rights, baby. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe maybe someone will start doing it here. Maybe someone here will just go, you know what? States rights. We're going to do that shit. I'd legislate for it here. Don't know if our legal system is set up that way. Sure. Probably is. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, we had we had things like the ACT uh, legislating for same-sex marriage, and then it was only after that point that the federal government came in and passed the law. Am I remembering that correctly? No idea. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Well, wasn't there a thing where, uh, I don't know, it was relatively complicated. There was a thing where it looked like the ACT was going to have a way to do it, and then, I don't know, I, I can't quite recall. I I don't know if I've no I'm probably not remembering this correctly at all, but I thought it was that they that they legalized in the ACT and that was when uh, Howard's government passed the changes to the marriage. Act. Oh no, you're absolutely right. Uh, it it was, wasn't it? So you know that classic shit where conservatives love to talk about individual rights and states' rights and all that sort of stuff until it conflicts with something that they're into, in which case they are very happy for the federal government to come in and crack down and tell people that they can't do that. So that's cool. Love it. Thank you, conservatives. Sweet big dickhead conservatives, folks. Shall we take a couple of letters from the mailbag before we get out of here? Yes. Because mm, we got a whole bunch of them, and we're probably going to go and answer uh, the rest on the old Patreon. Let's see here. Let's see here. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> friend of the show, uh, Matthew Turner, asks, please discuss if it really do be like that. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes it do. Sometimes it do. Sometimes it don't. I don't know about that. Hmm. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <clears throat> uh, friend of the show, Average Gamer, uh, who I believe is also known as Nick on the Discord. That's right. There's a one to visit Discord. Says, uh, with Andrew's bussy and pussy tweets making him the worst host, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. of the other three hosts is the third best? Joke's on you, buddy. Theo has already declared in his Twitter bio that he is the third funniest host. But not necessarily the third best. best. Mm. Mm. Oh. Yeah, there are a lot of qualities that make a host. Yeah. Oh, mm. Handsomeness. Beguilingness. <laughs> <laughs> Charm. Devilishness. IBS. It's my one quality that I bring to this show. Mm. This feels like one of those puzzles you get where you're given like two bits of information about something and you have to figure out all of the... Yeah, I'm mm, not describing like this correctly. Who's, yeah. old, who's older than yeah, yeah, yeah. all that shit. Yeah, so if Andrew's the worst and Theo is the third best, who is the third worst? Oh, my... I was... I was um visiting my parents a while ago and I was, like, doing a bunch of Sudokus and my mum was like, oh, you like logic puzzles, do you? Here you go. And gave me this book and it was just fucking full of these things that were all like so if Sally likes tomatoes and this guy does like them but the other people don't like them and I just immediately slammed the book and threw it across the room I was like no you still have it because not be engaging in that can you send it to me I'll send you I'll take some pictures of it sounds nice I'm gonna go see him this weekend yeah Theo I think you have two minutes of spare time coming up over the next two months so that'll be really good Mm. wonderful just enough time to watch the uh, compiling shaders screen in No Man's (laughs) Sky before quitting immediately and then going to bed the title refers to how you cannot play it (laughs) yes oh dear Uh, um, now I did ask a weird question about Theo's trouser size. Uh-huh. When I think I posted this request for questions. Why don't, why don't, okay, all right, I'm, I'm game. Why don't hold on, hold on, hold on. Friend of the show, Justin, mm-hmm. says the people don't care about Theo's trouser size. Instead, well, we care. Instead, we care about everyone's trouser size. What is the average trouser size of the Punta Vista cast? Damn, this is not going to work because you got the man. Yeah, we'll be using sizes. different. Well, but I mean. Don't even know how women's you can get inch, work. You can get inch ones for women from Uniqlo, so I guess it will work. I mean, you can convert though. Like a size twelve is 
you know, like but an amount of inches, right? Compl- no, it completely depends on the brand. It's fucked no. up. And which, um, I don't even know which system is which. What? What do you mean? Like, well, there's different measurement systems, right? Yes. Not between, not between male and female, but like even within. Aren't well, the man ones just in inches? Men are oh, primarily are inches, unless I don't know for some reason the pants at Target are in centimeters. Couldn't well, tell you why. That's strange. I'll start off. For many, many moons, I've been a thirty-two, but in recent months, I've blown out to a thirty-four, folks. Oh, you got oh, a, you got a little tidy waist. There. It's funny you should say that. I went from a thirty to a thirty-two recently. Oh. Which I would have thought I would have been slightly broader than you were. You're you're a taut man. You got a taut body. Um, yes, but I also have not done any form of exercise for this entire year, um, and so all of my all of my beer and candies going going on my tummy. You do love your beer and candies. Oh, he does. He loves God, the beer and the candies. God, I do. And Theo, you're going to tell us you've gone for a 26 to a 28? I will bring up the Vanguard, and uh, I am a 26 or a slim 28. I fucking nailed it. I knew it. You did nail it. I knew you were a 26. Okay. (laughs) So what does that that average out as? Hmm. Do you want to get involved in this, Lucy, or...? So mine are definitely different because the ladies' ones are measured at the upper waist, not at oh. the pants waist. So mine are 28. The, so men, the men's ones are like right on the two hips. Two-thirds average. Like. Ah, thank you, Theo. <laughs> Someone with a calculator can, can work that out, but I think it's Theo, 30 and two-thirds. Theo, a resident it mathematician it, has worked it out. exactly that. Well done, Theo. Hmm. And of course, we will get um, a beloved friend of the show, Carl to check Theo's work. Yeah, if you can do a linear regression on that, I'll really appreciate that. Yeah. And folks, that's going to do us for this week. Um, we did receive uh, anywhere up to, uh, I guess, over 30 more questions when we asked for questions. Um, so we're going to go and take those over on the bonus episodes. If you are a listener, but you have not got onto the bonus episodes, they're on Patreon. You can go over to patreon.com forward slash Boon to Vista. And for the sum of only five American dollars a month, I can't tell you exactly what the exchange rate is right now, or on the day that you are listening to this, whenever that might be. Or it's ever. Five American dollars. You've never ever, known. Ever. Maybe, maybe you'll never listen to this show. We're talking to, talking to just a phone that will never, never broadcast this show. But for everybody else who is listening, five bucks a month. Get you an extra episode every week, except for the weeks that we fuck it up. We're going to make up for that with an extra episode. Just I'm talking about, I'm talking about last week to our existing subscribers. <coughs> so we're going to head over there. We're going to step into the next room where we do the bonus episodes and uh, answer all these questions. A uh, quick crime pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are allowed to uh, use company funds to go to Burning Man. Yeah. Uh, whether you'd want hmm. to, uh, that's that's on you. But Is that transferable to a different music no. festival? Nope. Absolutely. And you can't just like go to Nevada and then do something else. You've got to like fucking put on your steampunk goggles, wear your fucking leather harness and nothing else, and then go around trading like wilted corn in exchange for bottled water. Hmm. And look, let me just put it out there. Don't be the guy who gets way too high and runs into the Burning Man at the end of the festival, self-immolating and turning himself into tiny ashes. Mm. It's getting a bit overplayed. 70 people died at the last one. Sorry, how many? 70 people took ayahuasca and then ran straight into the Burning Man. Are you being serious? No. <laughs> I was I, like, I would believe it. 70 seems too high. I thought it was like two or three people had ever run into the Has that happened? In total. Yeah, Someone more than died once. Holy fuck. Yeah. More than once, oh. somebody has come tearing out of the crowd and run into the, the Didn't gigantic... Didn't that happen like last year? Yeah, the gigantic Wicker Man effigy um, and instantly been vaporized, as you Just could imagine. Really big fans of the film Silent Hill, I think. 
Theo, have you ever seen the film Wicker Man? No, I haven't. I've seen the Come bees. Come the fuck on. Both of no, them. not the Nick Cage one. Jesus Christ. With the, with the bees, right? It's the bees no. one. <laughs> not with the bees. Definitely the bees, bees one. Movie. We might have to take this you off the bonus watch one. The, you want to watch the bees. bees. Both movies are good. Bees one. <laughs> oh, Stop fighting. The, the original with Edward Woodward, which is a great name, and Christopher Lee. Oh, beautiful, sexy, pagan Christopher Lee. Pagan cult leader Christopher Lee. You want to see a, a bunch of a bunch of hot sixties British ladies getting just too horny for their own good and fucking a wall sort of while singing a weird <laughs> folk song. That's right, and then a song a that was covered by Sneaker Pips, I would add. Hmm. Full of bees. Dynamite movie, folks. Check it out. Wicker Man, nineteen seventy somethings probably. Wicker Man. Um, and Theo needs to watch it too because then you'll really get why you would just want to be immolated inside a giant wicker effigy like the multiple people who have done it at Burning Man like the bees on Nicolas Cage's and like the film Silent Hill that I brought up in the first fucking place (laughs) (sighs) political podcast Punta Vista (laughs) this has been your update on the week's news and we thank you for listening until next week unless this has been it for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Unless you've just said, all right, I'm Fair done. enough. And Understand. you know what? If you decided you were never going to listen to another episode, but you decided to stick it out until the end of this episode, I honestly appreciate that. You, I respect We it. salute you. You gave us a good, a good chance. Uh, we didn't meet your expectations, but I appreciate uh, the integrity of your podcast listening. Yeah, you've been fair. You've been fair and just. And we thank you for that. Uh, and for everyone else... See you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>